This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi, I'm Alex L. and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hi Morgan. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. This is the first day this week where I kind of like got back to my routine. I had like mm. a whole series of days that were just everything but. So yeah, today is like, oh, okay. It's nice to kind of sit at my desk and just kind of gather my thoughts. <laughs> I'm so glad you're doing good. Before we dive in to our chat, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the Hey Girl listeners. So who are you and what do you do? Yes, my name is Morgan Harper Nichols. I am an artist and a poet. Art for me is visual art and occasionally music. And yes, I love poetry as well. And I'm inspired by people's stories. So a few years ago, I invited people to just share their stories with me privately and I respond with art and poetry. So mm. that's kind of the gist of what I do. I thought I would do that for like a week or two, but I really loved it. And <laughs> here we are three years later. So, Oh my goodness. Beautiful. So let's lean into that. Let's start talking about self-care and art as an extension of community care. So what inspires you by other people's stories? And in turn, how are you able to kind of lean into a practice of art as self-care? And then, you know, that kind of trickles out to our communities and it being community care. Yes, yes. I I love that question. For me, it was being a more introverted person. I've always struggled because, especially growing up, I struggled a lot because I felt like I wanted to connect with other people. I wanted to make a lot of friends, but I just couldn't seem to like be in the moment. And like, I don't know, I was just always very like reflective. And I I feel like I wouldn't know what I felt about something until like weeks later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was just very keen on internalizing things. And I really struggled because there was just this tension of like, I want to go deeper with people. but I don't really feel like I'm able to and it was a huge tension for me even into growing up and like an example of that would be like I would make friends with girls like in college or something and then I would find out oh I wasn't in like the best friend group I was just like the extra friend (laughs) I was like I Mm. thought you know Mm -hmm. they took the girls trip I'm like wait why wasn't I invited and I'm like oh wait maybe I'm not as close as I thought. So I really struggle with that. And honestly, that's why the internet for me, I'm so grateful for it. It became, social media became a place where I begin to meet other people who are also dealing with that. Just like, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, words and art and poetry was how we connected with other people in that way. So yeah, I started this project because when I shared this poem of mine that was just really vulnerable, people started to be vulnerable with me and share their mm-hmm. story and say, this is why the, this means something to me. Mm-hmm. And so many of the messages that I received were from, yeah, I was 27 when that happened. I just turned 27, I think. And so many of the messages I received were from 
girls who were 17, teenagers younger yeah. than me, 16, 16, 17. And for me, even though I struggle so much, at least these are what I was telling myself, like, oh, I struggle to connect with people. When they were sharing their stories with me, all of a sudden, I felt inspired. I felt alive. I felt like, oh, wait, I have something to say. Because even though I may feel insecure about who I am or, you know, how I'm able to be social or in the moment, in this moment, I know that I can at least speak to someone who's 16, someone who's 17, and encourage them to keep going. Mm. And that is still, honestly, the core of so much of what I do is like, I think about my younger self a lot and what she needed to hear when she was mm-hmm. in high school and college and how she felt so lonely. And I just know that there's at any given moment, there's at least one other girl out there who was walking through what I went through. So yeah, for me, a lot of my poetry, it comes out with really simple accessible language like things that you would actually say in conversation it's so personal and and it just really connects it feels like oh this is something I would love if a friend said to me or if a friend Mm. encouraged me with so yeah I kind of like to hang out there and the fun thing about it is that I've been able to make so many friends (laughs) in doing this and friends who are socially awkward just like me and we just get together and we're awkward together and it's (laughs) It's a good time. No, I love that. I love that community and connection aspect. And also something you mentioned about, you know, maybe not feeling like you could connect, but really the work, the art, the words was the connection mm-hmm. and how you were able to nurture your younger self by way of like nurturing these young people who were showing up and saying, Morgan, like I resonate with that. I feel that I needed that. Did you ever think that you would be in the position to put words to someone else's feelings looking back oh no not at all (laughs) (laughs) I feel like in so many ways I'm doing the opposite of what I probably thought I was capable of (laughs) I thought I'd be like working at a library or (laughs) it surprises me it still surprises me when people tell me they feel reflected in what I've shared or what I've said that to me is is a great mystery (laughs) it still is but I'm so grateful for it and I love how you said nurturing your younger self I do think that's a part of it that's that's something I tell myself it's like when I am bewildered by the fact that people are like yes I connect with this people who are very different from me I'm like how do you connect with this we have totally Mm. different stories but I when I look at it I'm like you know what this is something 16 year old Morgan needed to hear this Mm. is something she needed to hear when she was so I was a senior at high school when I was 16 and I went to prom and I didn't want to go but I went and I was just like standing <laughs> in the corner just like just staring like why the heck am I here <laughs> and the thing is like I'm like yeah these words she would have needed that she this would have resonated with her in that mm. time so. Mm-hmm. so yeah I totally think that the work I'm doing now I'm still that version of myself is still in me <laughs> so yes This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe 
every day at sax.com. Right. We are our younger selves. Like I say that all the time. Yeah. That kind of shifts me to my next question of like motherhood because Mm -hmm. you're a mommy now. And I know from my lens, from being a mother, like mothering my children is also in tandem with mothering myself. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to chat with you a little about self-mothering and like what you've learned through your journey of being a mom and your own individual identity amongst mothering. Oh, I love that. I love that question. I think for me, one thing that's just been really special is that I, so growing up, my parents were in ministry. On top of that, they also fostered a lot of kids and I'm the oldest and sort of my role, whether it was just me and my sister or it was other kids or church kids, it was just like, our house growing up was just like, hey, doors open, which I'm so <laughs> grateful for everyone else. But for me, <laughs> that, like, I used to like, like if it was nighttime, I could tell when I would see like the headlights on cars slowing down that they were about to stop at our driveway. And I would just dart upstairs. I was just like, I don't know who it is, but I don't have time for them. I say all that to say of just like, I really feel like, and it's something I've talked to my parents about too, of just like, I really feel like as the oldest, especially, and my sister, she actually had quite a bit of health issues growing up and she Mm -hmm. was hospitalized numerous times. And for me, I just kind of had to learn not so much to fend for myself, but to be the strong one Mm -hmm. and, you know, to be the kid that they didn't have to worry about, if that makes sense, you know? It does. does. Oh, they've got to worry about my sister. They've got all these other kids at the church and the community. Like, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong with me. I'll just kind of stick to myself. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Now that I'm a mom and I only have one child and so he's the oldest, he's the only child we have right now. And I just think about that. I'm like, even when it comes to like my work babies, like projects and things I'm working on, like anything that comes after him, like I want to be very intentional Mm. about like making sure he knows that like, hey, I don't expect you to just be like the strong older one. I don't expect that to be so I'm already and he's he's 15 months but I think about that a lot you know he's very independent already like when we drop him off at my parents house like he doesn't look back I'm like bye Jacob and he's just like okay I'll see you when I see you right (laughs) I'm like do you miss me he's just kind of does his own thing so I just think about I'm like oh you know that's a lot of me in there just like Mm. oh yeah I'll just do my own thing I'll be okay I'll be okay I'm just being my of the all the versions of the, myself, my childhood version of myself and my adult version of myself. Mm. It still kind of puts on that front of just like, okay, I'll be the strong one. You know, I'll be yeah. the one you don't have to worry about. I, I can't live that way. <laughs> I can't live that way. I love how you mentioned like not leaning into having to be the strong one anymore. There's a lot of talk on social, I feel like these days about the quote unquote strong one. And I want to lean a little bit deeper into that now. Like, How are you unlearning having to walk with a shield of strength consistently? And what is it teaching you to kind of put that armor down? I had a very specific moment two years ago in therapy. And it was actually my first time seeing this therapist. And I wish I could have stayed with her, but I had to move. But she picked what we're talking about. She just picked that up right away. 
with me. And I was pretty new to therapy and I was just kind of telling her about my childhood and being the oldest and all of that. And she she said that. She was just like, you're so used to having to be the strong one. I'm going to give something to you. And what she gave me was, I don't know if you know about it, but it's like the needs, like the needs inventory and the feelings inventory. It's like a list of needs. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, do you know what your needs are? And I looked at that list and I just started bawling. Because I was just like, wow, I never use these words. And it's things like the need to see and be seen, the need to be understood, the need for beauty, the need for companionship, intimacy, closeness. And as I read through this list, it was like just years of welled up needs that Mm. I just had not articulated to the people that care about me, the people in my life who, if I said, hey, I need this, like, we could talk about it. But mm. I had never done that in years of journaling and writing. And yeah, I just put my needs to the side. So I still, I look at that list like a couple of times a week. What do I need? And yeah, it is, it's not like all inclusive. It doesn't have every need ever on there. Of course, there's of course. quite a few of them. And one thing I'm really proud of myself for is not feeling like I have to just know all of this stuff intuitively right away of like oh you should know what your needs are you know it's like yep no yes for some people if you've never done that work like take your time like (laughs) yes yes it takes a lot of time to be able to like if you didn't have that space to do that for whatever reason like it takes time to be able to like express that so it's still you know two years after finding out almost wow almost two years to the day yeah two years after getting that list it's still a, a work in progress for me and I'm proud of myself for not being ashamed of that <laughs> and if I find myself like getting tense or getting frustrated I'll just kind of pull back a little bit and just say like I need to figure out what this is and sometimes yeah. I figure it out right away but most of the time I don't that's one thing I've been with my husband and I like he's a lot more in the moment like he can kind of like say what's on his mind right away <laughs> and I'm just not that way and I just got to the point where I just say to him like hey, I need a minute. And a minute might actually be like five hours, but I can't do this right now. And that is for me, it's a lot of growth because I feel like I used to think, oh no, if somebody's asking something of you, then you got to be able to respond right now. You got to be able to give that to them. And I think a lot of that comes from growing up in a house where that knock came on the door. (laughs) Someone who needed something and it didn't matter if we were eating dinner, if it it didn't matter what we were doing. It's like, oh, we got to serve that person you gotta help them so yeah i'm still i'm learning that look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. How does your faith play a role in showing up for yourself? It was definitely a journey. (laughs) On the scale, I think just from 
connecting with people on the scale of like people who grew up as a preacher's kid, I feel like I have a pretty good story in the sense of like, I didn't really feel like a ton of pressure mm-hmm. from my parents to just sort of like perform a certain way. Because even though, like I said, there was tons of people all around all the time, there was still like a, a level of like, okay, Morgan, she needs her time <laughs> like in the corner. Like, hey, do you want to sing a song at church? And I'm like, no, I'll run the PowerPoint. And they're like, okay. <laughs> So it was just overall, like, I didn't really, yeah, it wasn't anything that I, that was a challenge. But then when I started to grow up and then I graduated from college and I started to work in some circles where there was just a different kind of Christianity that I just, that's not where I came from. And, you know, I'll just give like a specific example. I remember around 2014 or so I may be getting the years mixed up but it was whenever Trayvon Martin died and I just remember like talking to like my new church friends like hey this is an issue and and just really wanting to have dialogue about that and just getting really shut down Mm. and it was really a struggle for me because I was like for me this faith of mine is all about like let's fight for the oppressed like yeah let's work for freedom for everybody and that just wasn't the message I was getting grown-up settings and that was actually a huge part of me starting to write poetry again because I went from singing worship songs like in certain circles with certain people they're just thinking like I don't know if we're on the same page and not that we have to agree on everything but it's just like there's just some fundamental stuff here that it just was really shaking me up and it was it grieved me and mm. you know, in many ways I, I feel like I'm still grieving a lot of that I'm still working through that and yeah so it's been a what I'm grateful for in all of that is that it's that part of my story has become it's interesting because even though I don't write about that explicitly Right. In my poetry, the amount of people who message me who have very similar experiences is really high. So that's something that I'm grateful for in the sense of like, we're able to talk about it. And people are having these experiences. And, you know, especially with 2020, there's just been a whole lot of like people looking at leaders, maybe people that they used to look at as a leader or someone they used to look up to and suddenly that's changing. <laughs> yeah. And because we're seeing people in real time trying to navigate all that is 2020. And it's hard because it can feel like betrayal, it's grief, it's anger, it's confusion. So yeah, a lot of that I feel like I'm still working through, but I am grateful that I, I feel like at least now I have people to talk about it with. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's the difference because five, six years ago, that wasn't the case. I don't even know who to go to about this stuff. Like who's going to get it? And now I feel like there are days where I just need to vent. And instead of like going to an Instagram story, I have friends. No, I feel that. I feel that. (laughs) So before we wrap up, I'd love to ask you, and you don't have to answer this right away. Give yourself a beat before you reply. What would you tell your younger self if you were mentoring her today? What would you say to her? You know, it's really interesting because when I think about my younger self, I think about how much she used to just kind of hang back and observe. So right away, I'm just like hanging back and observing her. So I don't feel like I would say very much. I would say to her, keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Like you're on the right path. Like it doesn't feel like it. 
because yeah. your path is going to look different than a lot of the other people that you're around and it's not wrong mm. <laughs> you're not wrong for being different you're not wrong for doing things differently even in social settings and i feel like that would be really freeing for her thanks for listening to the show today please rate subscribe and review also feel free to share with a friend we love having our community grow music is by dc's own kokai the hey girl podcast is produced by wayne bartram and me alex l